the stall is now occupied and welcome to the ladies room my name is kimberly coulter and my co-host gabriella johnson and i would like to welcome our first guest laura cassidy laura could you give everybody your handle so they know where to find you outside of our show at laura kate cassidy that is l-a-u-r-a-k-a-t-e-c-a-s-s-i-d-y on instagram Again, welcome to the show, Laura. We're so happy to have you. Today, we're going to go into talking a little bit about borderline personality disorder, which both myself and Laura have been diagnosed with. I wanted to get Laura to talk a little bit about her experience with that. And um, in order for us to get a little bit more background, Laura, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and kind of what you do? Uh, Yes. So, hi. uh, I am Laura. I am about to turn 23 on the 25th of February and was originally born and raised in Montvale, New Jersey. And uh, it'll be three years on the 20th of this month that I have been living in Los Angeles. And I told my family and friends that I was going on vacation. And I packed my bags, uh, used that little vacuum seal thing that presses your clothes down, packed everything that I had and uh, I kind of said whatever happens happens I'm not really sure if that was a borderline impulse thing or if that was me just really believing in myself um I'm gonna lean towards more believing in myself rather than a borderline impulse uh but sometimes honestly I can't tell the difference (laughs) and and that's and that's part of like with the disorder is we do have a lot of like impulsive behavior um or like we'll feel very strongly about something and it, it the, the feeling is so strong that we're like, we have to do it. And if we don't do it, like the world is gonna end or something like it, not necessarily just that, but we'll just, we'll, it won't feel good or we'll get anxious or, or angry or just basically what I like to call it is dysregulation. Um, so I'll say like, I get, I'm dysregulated right now. And that just means that like, I'm feeling very emotional. And being dysregulated, you could be really, really happy too. Like I could be off the wall happy and that means that I'm dysregulated. Um, Or I could be uh, really, really depressed and and down in the dumps and that also means that I'm dysregulated or even if I'm just like really angry, that's, you know. I, I kind of consider dysregulation whenever you're not at your normal self, like your, your demeanor, your normal like demeanor that's what I would consider dysregulation um but yeah so I sing I act uh that's that's what brought me to Los Angeles that's really like the main reason why I came out here also because I love the state of California and I wanted to live in somewhere sunny Uh, that's 90% of the time because I do struggle with depression as well and what better way to combat depression than being in the sunshine all the time uh, like wh- whenever it's winter, I don't go out. <laughs> like you will not see me if if it's winter time in the East Coast. Uh, so that's one big reason why I moved here uh, and that and just to follow my dreams. But yeah, so that's a little bit of background. As somebody with borderline, I can definitely appreciate the difference between an impulsive act and something that you're choosing to do for the betterment of your life. Um, I appreciate you bringing that up. Something else I wanted to talk a little bit about is um, how you cope with being 
um, somebody with this diagnosis of borderline personality disorder and how you use your coping mechanisms to go about leaving, leading what I would refer to as a, a quote unquote normal life. Um, what do you do to cope basically? Yeah. Uh, I like that you say like quote unquote, because I actually don't believe in the word normal. I don't think there is such thing as normal. Like, what is what is normal what what does that mean because first off we live on a giant floating rock so don't think that that's normal um i just think that it's a made-up word that uh someone wants to use for fantasy or you know the same thing as perfection i that's that's not real either i there there's no such thing as something that's perfect um I, or at least I just, I don't believe that. Maybe other people do. I personally don't believe that there's such thing as perfect. Um, but it, I'm not actually fully there yet where I'm confident with everything that I say and that I post. I will sometimes, if I'm being totally honest, I will put up a little bit of a front and um, just kind of force myself, even if I feel uncomfortable posting it because one, the more that you face your fears, the more that they're not fears anymore. And, and, it's, and it's not scary. So I've kind of learned to just force myself to do things so that they're not so scary for me anymore. And it, it's day by day and it takes time. It takes practice. It takes time. And it took me, I think, I, I think it'll be, yeah, it took me about three years since I've moved here because I, it'll, it'll be three years for me to post a video of me like singing on Instagram and I'm a singer and I, and I've been doing it since I was three years old and it took me that long to, to finally get the confidence despite people around me, you know, like rooting for me and telling me to post more. And, and I still get self-conscious. Like every time that I post something, I post it, I turn my th phone off or I, I throw it away or I, I just don't look at it. And eventually it'll, it that'll probably get better because I'll get used to it. But it's still a scary, it's a scary thing. And you just have to have a lot of, uh, one, self-awareness, know that a lot of the things on Instagram, most of the things on Instagram are not real. Um, so if you find Instagram detrimental to your health, I would say opt out of it or take a break. Or if you really don't want to do that, just try and give yourself little mantras that you can tell yourself whenever you're looking at Instagram, you know, that this, this is not real. This is not what reality is. This is not what it's like to be truly human. Uh, that's what I do a lot of the times because Instagram is part of my job. Like I have to constantly be posting content and um, show people like my work, even when I don't want to, even if, when I'm feeling awful and it does uh, affect me negatively sometimes because I'll see things that I don't really want to see, you know, I'll see like the girls, the, the, the skinny, pretty girls living these insane lives. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. Like I'm struggling with depression. I hate my life. <laughs> uh, and it's not, it, it doesn't really feel good. Uh, and that's something that I do have to, to go through and still deal with, but that's also, that's just part of life. You know, we all have to do things that we don't want to do. And um, I do take care of myself though. You know, I, I, if I do feel too overwhelmed or it's really, really affecting me, then I have to say, you know, no and, and, and put my phone down and uh, make sure that I'm, I'm at a good mental state because I can't be the best person that I want to be and, 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 and preach about mental health and, and do what I want to do if I'm not mentally well. Uh, so that, that, that is something that is very important to me is being, being very self-aware with everything that I do. So it just, it takes practice. It takes time. 
everyone's not meant to do it either. Like sometimes people just aren't meant to post that their their whole lives and, and their, their stories uh, for the whole world to see. And that's okay. Like some people are public, some people are private. Um, but if, if you want to be a public person, I would just say you're not alone. <laughs> and most of the people that are on Instagram struggle with mental health issues. And I know uh, a lot of influencers that have a lot of fans and, and followers and they're severely depressed, severely depressed. So just know that it's really not real. And um, people just want to show off what they wish that they had. I think it is very important to emphasize that no matter what struggles that you are having internally, it's very important to have some kind of support system around you to help take care of you when you do start to spiral in any regard. Um, and in regarding um, furthering this discussion about borderline, um, I'd like to touch base on the your eating disorder, if I may. Um, I know that borderline personality um, people tend to lean towards destructive behaviors. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about your struggle with your eating disorder and how um, that has influenced your battle with uh, borderline personality and how um, you you use the lessons that you take from that in your daily life now. Yeah. Um, well, first off, the treatment for borderline is dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, and cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Um, and I've been doing it. It'll be a year in May. And normally when you do um, a treatment program, it's about a year long. Um, <clears throat> but I would see, I, I wish that I knew like the, the real like good definitions and, you know, sounded all smart and stuff. So what I'm going to do is read the actual definition of what of what dialectical dialectical behavioral therapy is, um, and then kind of explain it how uh, in my words of uh, how it's it's helped me and how I personally use it uh, to cope with my borderline. Um, let's see, dialectical behavioral therapy. So. Dialectical behavioral therapy is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy, and it tries to identify and change negative thinking patterns and pushes for positive behavioral changes. Uh, it may be used to treat suicidal and other self-destructive behaviors. So it's not just used. That's that's a big thing that I also want people to understand um, is it's not just used for borderline. It was originally uh, invented to to treat borderline, but it can be used for anxiety, depression, suicide, eating disorders, any type of any actually really any type of disorder because it's all about rewiring your brain and controlling your thoughts and controlling your behaviors and kind of um, being mindful of, of what you're doing. And, and we're taught mindfulness, which is being in the present moment, not not worrying about anything around you. Like right now, I'm, I'm having a conversation with the two of you. This is where I'm at. I'm, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about borderline. Like nothing else is in my head. I mean, think there are other things in my head, but also once again, I'm not done with the treatment. Two, it's very difficult as well. It takes a lot of practice. If you do not practice it, you will not get it down. Buddhas have trouble doing this. It, it, like that's why I want to fight to get uh, DBT into schools 
<clears throat> first I have to get uh, I have to fight to get more research on it in order for, for it to be even considered to get into schools. But I think that it would save a lot of lives. I think it would make school a lot easier. Um, because this, so many children struggle nowadays with depression and, and eating disorders and, and suicidal thoughts. And, and especially with bullying uh, being so prominent too. I just really, really think that... Um, all of that would, would go down because we're at an all-time high right now when it comes to uh, the suicide and depression rate in millennials. And that's really sad and upsetting because we're so young and why are we so young and so sad? Uh, and, I, and I really want to change that. And that's something that I work to, to fight for and uh, show them what DBT can really do. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of DBT in a nutshell is just basically... Um, being really, really self-aware and being very, very mindful and just learning how to accept things. Like we learn radical acceptance and, you know, cause a lot of times with borderline, we get very upset with, with, with certain things. Like if I didn't have milk in the morning and I really want milk, I would like be very mad about it. But with, with DBT, it kind of teaches me radical acceptance. Like, you know what? I don't have milk this morning, but I'll just get milk later and then I can have it tomorrow. It's not like I'm not going to have milk ever again, but with borderline, we kind of think, oh my God, like I just really wanted it this morning. Like, what if I don't have it again? Like, so it, it, it calms us down. And I think that that just could help anyone, even someone that doesn't necessarily struggle with um, any type of mental health issue. You know, everyone gets mad, everyone gets sad, everyone gets anxious. Uh, so I think that if we introduce this to the world, it could really change it. I am really interested in this DBT. I'm wondering, like, is there like certain mantras they teach you in that, like, therapy? Or is it like? Uh, yeah, we learn, and oh, that's that's something that I completely forgot to mention. Is we, we learn. Co it's basically learning coping skills to handle certain things. So, um, one one coping skill that I use a lot, uh, especially when I'm anxious, is um the tip skill and it's in its temperature intense exercise and i believe the p is for practice i'm not i'm not entirely sure i i would actually have to go in my dbt book to, to check but you take something frozen or just really really cold and you put it on the middle of your forehead or like under your eyes because the skin is very very thin there and it cools your whole like body off um so when you're anxious your heart rate is going really really fast and the cool air kind of it, it it's a, um, what is it? it? It gives a signal to your brain. It makes you feel like you're going underwater. So your heart rate kind of goes down a little bit. So it naturally calms down. And that's a skill that like anybody could use. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's why I find this stuff so amazing. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't hear about it before or years ago when I really needed it. But you know what? It's okay. Cause I know it now. And that's all that matters because we can't change the past. Yep. I'm going to use that. That's really interesting. So I get panic attacks. I feel like that'll be actually really Oh, useful. my God. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, like, one of the big things that it's for. Yeah. Yeah, so that um, that's one of them. I'll do little self-check-ins. Um, I have, like, a number scale, like, from a 1 to 10, you know, 1 being, like, completely emotionless, like, just like this, and 10 being, like, off the wall, that, or um just absolutely like you know crazy 
And um, I normally like to sit at a three or a four because uh, I am a very like outgoing person, very like animated. So that's that's where I like to put myself. And if I feel myself going higher than uh, a four, then I'll I'll just check myself and be like, okay. And then I'll use like another skill. Like let's say I'll use the tip skill and I put something frozen and um and then I'll do another check and be like, okay, did I go down? Like am I still like going up or am I going down? And um if that doesn't work, then I'll do something different and then I'll just keep checking until like I'm back to normal. Um and once again it, it takes a lot of practice, but it it works. <laughs> it definitely works. I just feel like it's honestly amazing that all of this sounds really useful and I, I've been going, I've gone to therapy for like anxiety and depression and I've never heard any of these techniques and that's, that's like what I'm another saying. thing. Yeah. These I are feel. things that anybody could use. That's why I want to fight to get this in schools is because I think that it would help so many. You see how the chill, how all these kids are stressing over their tests or bullying or just any type of social growing up, like growing up is difficult. So I, I really believe that this would ease the pains of growing. So with all of that in mind, how would you suggest balancing diet and exercise without becoming disordered about it? So uh, once again, this is something I still do struggle with because I'm not perfect and I'm still learning. But what has helped me a lot far, and this is not easy for everyone, and it's not easy for me either, and it's very, very scary, advocate for yourself speak up. That's really it. If I am not feeling right, or I know that I'm about to break down, or I'm not going to give my best performance, I have to say something or I say, I need to take like a five minute break, or um, I'm going to go take a walk, or I just need to chill, or um, I do suffer from an eating disorder. So um, a lot of times on set, they have very weird patterns uh like i could be upset at six in the morning and then they won't let us eat until like 3 p.m and that's not how long people normally go to eat so that's very abnormal and especially with someone with an eating disorder we get very very anxious uh as not not knowing the next time that we could eat or if, if well, it, i mean depending upon the disorder but for me that that happens and um, when I get anxious, that will tr trigger like uh, some of my borderline traits and then I'll get like angry or I'll, or I'll get like scared or I'll get like emotional because I don't know like when I get to eat. Um, and a big thing is I advocate for myself is I, I, I tell them I'm very since I am very open about um, my struggles and my disorders, I will say, hey, guys, I do struggle. I'm recovering from an eating disorder. I want to do my best. So I just need, you know, some time to eat. Is it okay if I have like a PA bring me a snack or something? Or, or is it okay if I go earlier with the, the rest of the crew or just or things like that? I, you know, I take care of myself. So it is about being independent and, and advocating and speaking up, which is what we really have to do. That's the only thing that you can do, especially with, with getting help as well, is you, you have to speak up. You have to talk to people. You got to say, hey, I need this. Because if you don't, then it's going to be a never-ending cycle. And if I didn't speak up, I don't think that I would be successful in my career. Or I, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Thank you so much, Laura. And with that, we're going to wrap this up. Tune in next time to The Ladies Room. And for more from Culture, you can check that out at culture.com. C-U-L-T-T-T-U-R-E.com. 
And for more on Laura Kate Cassidy, you can follow her on Instagram at Laura Kate Cassidy, L-A-U-R-A-K-A-T-E-C-A-S-S-I-D-Y. And for more on my host and myself, you can follow me on Instagram at Coulter Culture, C-O-U-L-T-E-R-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. Or my co-host Gabrielle at Galaxy Runner. That'll be G-A-L-A-X-Y-R-U-N-N-E-R underscore at the very end. And thank you so much for tuning in. Have a good one.